Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And welcome everybody to a Thursday, the 6th day of September of the year 2018. Glad to be with you on A Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. And it looks like we're going to have some rain here for the next few days, based on the forecast you just heard from uh, Michael. We'll keep an eye on that, of course. I know uh, they were watching, I guess, the remnants of the uh, tropical storm moving up, so... That will affect things this weekend. We hope not too much. We're going to talk about an event coming up here this weekend in just a moment. 3569397 is the phone number you can text us Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. You can email us talk at wdws.com. Great to have you with us wherever you might be listening today. We have a, a busy show for you again today. Lots to talk about. Of course, uh, what day 3 is it of the uh, Kavanaugh hearings? with the Supreme Court nominee as they continue that in Washington, D.C. New York Times with an anonymous op-ed piece sent in from somebody who says they're a senior member of the Trump administration. They're not identifying who that is, obviously. It's anonymous, but a lot of reaction and fallout from that. Also, the president, former President Obama, of course, coming to the U of I campus. He'll be at Follinger Auditorium coming up. Uh, tomorrow for an 11 o'clock speech. She's being presented with an award. We'll talk about that in the second hour with Kent Redfield over at UI uh, Springfield, the Institute of Government and Public Affairs, presenting the award to the former president. We'll give you some details on all of that coming up in the second hour today. But uh, right off the top here, because they were right here standing by, because they were just on our sister station, Lyrog 97.5 with Mike in the Morning, uh, one of our own staff members here, Larry Fredrickson. I think everybody knows Larry. He's the uh, drummer for the Tons of Fun Band. One of the hats I wear, that's right. Yeah. How many years have you been doing that? Hmm. I think we're about uh, 15 now. Yeah. 15 yeah. years. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of one, two, three, four, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And uh, you've got a guest with us today. I do. To tell us who this is. I know it's Terry Lipscomb, but you can Terry tell us Lipscomb. about her. Yeah. Longtime friend. Uh, I've known Terry for a number of years. Um, and I guess it was uh, about 10 years ago, I uh, ran into you at a restaurant with Polly Carmen, of all things. And, um, and that's, we started talking about, um, what she was doing. She was working with the Champagne Pregnancy Resource Center here in town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, through those conversations, we found out that there was uh, a need for a place to be built for, um, primarily, um, uh, girls that were pregnant that had no place to go. Or they didn't have to be pregnant, but that was the real need. And I was just stunned to find out that there was no such place. So ever since then, we've uh, been uh, trying to figure out how to build it, and it got built. Hmm. That was really a blessing. I mean, a lot of people stepped up in the community, and uh, it was all uh, a lot of donated sweat equity and lumber and labor and all that sort of stuff. It's a beautiful facility, and no cost to the uh, girls that are involved there. So, of course... uh, that means that they need money to run it, and that's where Terry comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and the name of the location is Mercy's Refuge. 
That's correct. That's right. And yes. now, was Mike Huckabee uh, in on some of this a few years ago? Did he come through and help when we, with this? Yes. When we started our capital campaign, um, Mike Huckabee was at the Virginia Theater along with tons of fun. Yeah. And he played bass with us. It was awesome. <laughs> I told him to stick to his day job. But, <laughs> but we did end up <laughs> auctioning off the bass that he played and got a few more bucks for music. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. nice. Because he, he did play instrument. I mean, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was a musician. He played too. with Ario before too yeah isn't that interesting all <laughs> yeah. this connection yeah. so you've got an event coming up uh, this weekend tell us about that what, what, um, what is it yes uh it's this saturday september 8th from 5 to 11 p.m and it will be in the parking lot behind the news gazette at mm-hmm. the corner of washington and walnut mm-hmm. there'll be four bands deja vu with special guest candy foster Scott Waddles and the Blue Suede Crew from Effingham. He's an Elvis impersonator. He's huge in Effingham. Yeah. He'll he'll sell out the Effingham Performance Center. So <laughs> looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah he's great. Uh, then also we have, of course, the Tons of Fun Band and Captain Rat and the Blind Rivets. There's a silent auction. Uh, we were we have a car cruise in, so lots of vintage cars mm-hmm. out there for you to view. Uh, and there's a twenty five hundred dollar cash raffle. Um, so lots of food trucks, mm-hmm. right? right? Food, beverage trucks. Um, so it should be a tons of fun time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice good, segue. good fun. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And and this is all just north of us in the lot. Yeah. Right the north city of lot, our building. Just north here. of yeah. the building. Yeah. Okay. It'll all be set up there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I would like to include too that obviously, um, we would love for it to happen this Saturday, September 8th, but we're also aware of the weather that mm. could be coming through. And so the city graciously allowed us to have a rain date of September 22nd. Mm-hmm. So that's in two weeks from this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll let people know, I guess. Right what, now what we're letting people know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if you run into that. And yeah. we will. Uh, and, you know, you could come too, Brian, because you've got the football game Friday night, and then you what? could come to this on no, Saturday. Well, if it's this weekend. No, I'm talking yeah. about the if it rains. If yeah. it rains. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah if it rains. Yeah. If. If. Right. So how will, you're, you're we tell, right. how will we tell people this? Uh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I got you. Well, I'll need to be making a decision um, by noon Friday or tomorrow. Okay. Uh, and we do have a Facebook event page. It'll be posted on there. And then we also have our website, which pers- uh, actually they can purchase uh, event tickets or raffle tickets mm-hmm. from this website. It's www.lifechangeshere.org. That's www.lifechangeshere.org. And for people that don't know where Mercy's Refuge is, where, where is it located? Where is that building? Uh, if you are on Market Street near the mall, mm-hmm. across the street is the Salvation Army Thrift Store. Behind that is the Pregnancy Resource Center, and right next to that is Mercy's Refuge. And I might add that Mercy's Refuge is a 6- to 12-month program provided at no cost to women and obviously to help them become the person that they were created to be and move forward in their lives. Yeah. Very important work. That's all worth it. goes on yeah. every day. So all the proceeds, all the benefits will will uh, go to that coming it, up. Yep. Everything will go to so. Mercy's Refuge, yes. Yeah. Yep. And Tons of Fun is ready. I'm ready all the time. <laughs> <laughs> ready? Go. <laughs> all right. Anything else we need to cover? No, Anything? thank you for this, yeah. Brian. I appreciate no, it. And great. I guess uh, maybe we can uh, let you know. Uh, we'll let people here at the radio stations know, yeah. too, whether it's happening Saturday or not. Okay, uh, depending but, on the weather, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, 
Thank uh, you very much. I'll repeat yeah, when it's supposed to be again. Saturday night? Uh, Saturday night, September 8th from 5 to 11. Rain right. date, September 22nd. If you know where the News Gazette is, you'll find it. That's, That's right. right. Just north of the News Gazette. Just All right, thanks, listen. guys. All right, thank, thank you. I appreciate it. Larry Fredrickson with our staff here and Terry Lipscomb from Mercy's Refuge. We'll take our break, come back, get it started here with some open line time after this. Headed for the weekend. Here at some point, right, Thursday, we'll get to Friday, and then, of course, uh, Saturday night, Illinois and Western Illinois. Good luck to the Illinois volleyball team. They're out in Cleveland uh, this weekend. Cleveland State hosting an event there. Open line time here, uh, 9-16 for about the next half hour. And we'll talk with you about the uh, big issues of the day, of course. Big uh, op-ed piece in the New York Times says, I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. And uh, this op-ed piece says, I work for the president, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. And the New York Times went on to publish the op-ed piece. The Times, it says, is taking the rare step of publishing an anonymous op-ed essay. It says, we have done so at the request of the author, a senior official in the Trump administration whose identity is known to us and whose job would be jeopardized by its disclosure. And the New York Times says, we believe publishing this essay anonymously is the only way to deliver an important perspective to our readers. We invite you to submit a question about the essay as part of our vetting process here. And article goes on. I've read it. It is interesting. Uh, One of the uh, things the writer says, and again, it's anonymous. This is the New York Times. It says, to be clear, ours is not the popular, quote, resistance of the left. It says, we want the administration to succeed and think that many of its policies have already made America safer and more prosperous. But uh, this writer says, we don't know if it's a man or a woman, says, we believe our first duty is to this country, and the president continues to act in a manner that is detrimental to the health of our republic. And it goes on, and uh, you can read it yourself. I won't read it all to you, but it's in the uh, New York Times. It says here, don't get me wrong, there are bright spots that the near-ceaseless negative coverage of the administration fails to capture. It says effective deregulation, historic tax reform, a more robust military, and more. Uh, But it says here, the writer says, but these successes have come despite, not because of, the president's leadership style, which is impetuous, adversarial, petty, and ineffective. And it says here, the writer is a senior official in the Trump administration. Headline today, Pence and Pompeo deny writing op-ed critical of the Trump administration. Vice President's office says our office is above such amateur acts. According to the Vice President's spokesman, the Secretary of State says it's not mine. That's Mr. Pompeo. Mr. Pompeo said that uh, if he didn't feel like uh, he was not able to execute the commander-in-chief's intent, he would resign. And uh, this person, according to the New York Times, chose not only to stay but to undermine what President Trump and this administration are trying to do. This is Pompeo talking. He said, I have to tell you, I find the media's efforts in this regard to undermine this administration incredibly disturbing. So there's some of the uh, talk back and forth on the op-ed piece in the New York Times. The Kavanaugh hearings continue to be fairly heated. Some occasional protesters here and there. They've got the Bob Woodward book that is out there. So it kind of makes you dizzy, doesn't it? (laughs) All that's happening around our country these days. 
All right, 356-9397. One of my favorite regular callers, this is from Mike. He says, one of my favorite regular callers is John. He's the gentleman who always says the problem the kids now have uh, these days starts at home. I'm wondering on his thoughts about this. Kids are told in school to report anything to the schools that happens at home they believe to be mean. I know this because the kids have told me they were told this. You can't raise your voice to a kid anymore, or the state considers that abuse. In my opinion, DCFS and the state are a big reason that kids are being bad. There can be no discipline at home. I know 30 years ago I couldn't get away with anything. Mike says, I'm sure 50 years ago it was even worse. Kids control the household, and they know it. That's Mike in Champaign. 356-9397. That was on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. A story that kind of ties into that. I don't know if, if you saw this story or... This falls under the In Case You Missed It file. In Ottawa, Canada, teachers at some Ottawa schools there are breaking with tradition by asking students to call them by their first name. Joel Westheimer, a professor at the University of Ottawa's Faculty of Education, told the Ottawa Morning Host that their more casual approach to the teacher-student relationship can help ease tensions in the classroom. Students and teachers have to feel comfortable, said Westheimer, who goes by Dr. Westheimer, Mr. Westheimer, or Joel, depending on his own student's comfort level. He says, I spend a lot of time paying attention to the way relationships are built in my classrooms and the way students connect with me. However, the teachers must be comfortable with it, too. He says, I never think teachers should be forced to do this. And then there's all kinds of reaction to that. Again, this is in Ottawa, Canada says, no, it's a show of respect for the elders. What kind of people are we trying to raise? Unless stated otherwise, another reader said, unless stated otherwise, it's just polite to call your teacher Mrs., Ma'am, or Professor. And another person says, I'm an EA, and I've always asked the students to call me just Lily. Doesn't matter what they call me. Respect is shown through how we treat one another. I don't know, I don't know about you, but and maybe it's because of... Um, my age or my time in life, I mean, I still to this day have trouble calling the pe- uh, teachers who taught me down at Unity High School or elsewhere by their first name. <laughs> I still can't do that. Today they're still Mr. Relig or Mr. Cummings or, you know, would have been Mr. Imony or whoever. I mean, I, I don't think I could ever call them by their first name, but I don't know. What do you think? What do you make of that? That's up in Canada. Saw that today. 922. Let's go to the phones here. Good morning to Steve. How are you? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing pretty good. I think this is some uh, a bunch of gobbledygook about nothing. I'm going to tell you that ever since the, uh, the Obama administration has been being outed and outed more and more, Department of Justice, Mueller, all of them, over 25 people are the top people in the tw- Department of Justice and the FBI have been fired or moved down. The more that's exposed, and it's exposed every day, the more they throw stuff at you. This book by uh, Woodward, General Mattis said it best, that it's just a bunch of lies and fiction. And number two, uh, all, you know, they, they, they're saying everything they can in this 
business about this inside rider. I wouldn't be surprised if it was somebody at Mediate. And besides that, the Woodward book, you know, CBS owns Schuster, and they're the ones that, that put it. That that gives it no credibility whatsoever. And I find it ironic that as more and more of this stuff comes out, they we're, they're going to – President Obama got a uh, Nobel Prize for what? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what he got that for. And now the University of Illinois – with all this corruption being exposed, is giving him an ethics award. The only thing left is for Hollywood to give him an Oscar for impersonating a president. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, well, the one thing I'm always puzzled by, and you mentioned Bob Woodward, I've never understood why any administration lets those books... I mean, why would you invite someone like that in to write a book? I don't, I don't understand what you gain by that. I've never well, understood that. They didn't invite him in. They didn't invite him in. Well, somebody did. Well, I mean, he, he just interviewed people at different times and spoke to them at different times. Woodward's not has not been credible ever since the Nixon era, and neither is Bernstein. He's the one that came out with that garbage about Cohen was going to nail, going to nail him. CNN wouldn't retract it. And, they they try to jump on this. They're all on the same side. Yeah. It, it's it's obvious. I mean, the media comes out every day with they're repeating the same lines. Mediaite puts out the memo what they're supposed to talk about that day, and that's exactly what they do. It doesn't matter if you switch to CBS, NBC, ABC. That's what they do. All right. Hey, Bo- uh, Steve. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. Have a great day. Okay. Three five six. 9397. Good morning, Brian. I've been on vacation out of town. Please tell me what happened to Mikey Dudek. <clears throat> well, unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, and it was strange because he had looked great in camp. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, he looked fast. Of course, talking about the Illini wide receiver. He was playing in the game the other day against Kent State, caught a pass late in the game that set up, I think, our final touchdown. Caught it about the 10 yard line. I think it was about a 25 yard diving, a 25 yard diving catch. The defender that was there for Kent State, I don't know if he rolled into his leg or what happened, but it was a little bit of an awkward landing, but not more than you see pretty much every time in a football field. It wasn't like a hit that stood out. And, in fact, we were a little surprised. We were talking in the booth uh, during a timeout, me and uh, Martin O'Donnell and Jason Davis was on the sideline. We were like, okay, now where is Mike Dudek? Because he didn't come out for the next punt. And we thought maybe a trainer was working with him or, you know, you'll see that on the sideline. You can see from way up top that they're working on him. Well, he, he wasn't being worked on by a trainer. He was standing with his helmet off and he was just talking to other teammates. And we thought, well, maybe it's precautionary. Maybe they just want to make sure he's okay based on his history. And I don't think a lot of people knew how serious it might or could be. And apparently it's, you know, the injury uh, with his knee. And I, I'm, from what I understand, it was his other knee. They got injured in the uh, the latest play, and he's done for the year. And most likely his career at Illinois, which is just awful because he's worked so very hard to come back. So that was one of those strange things. When it happened, you didn't think much about it. It was like a, you know automobile accident where you just barely bump something and you think, okay, well, it's not that bad. And it turns out to be more serious than you thought. So I don't, I don't know what happened there. All right, let's see. Um... 
Brian, when does the new speed limit in I-74 go into effect? I believe you're talking about the one from I-57, the interchange, over into Urbana to about Cunningham. It went into effect last week, I think, last Friday, from what I understand. I think it's 60, is it 60 miles an hour, 60 or 65? 60, I think. i got to look at those signs that have the big flags on them that are telling me to pay attention. <laughs> I think it's 60. But I think it went into effect last Friday. Got a text in says, you don't earn $10 billion by lacking skills and leadership. What would the country be like if the media was fair to the president? In an effort to garner attention, the media and the Democrats try to go farther left each day. It just makes them look even crazier to normal Americans. And also another texter says they had better not put Obama's name too tight on the placard at the U of I. They'll probably have to take it down when the dust settles. That's, of course, a reference to the president being here coming up tomorrow. We're going to carry it live on the radio. We'll start our coverage tomorrow morning at 10.50. We'll have reporters there on the scene at Fullinger. And then we will uh, carry it live at 11 o'clock. And it's not often, you have to remember, it is not often that a president or a former president comes right here, right to us. I was trying to think of the handful of times you had uh, a president or vice president. Joe Biden was here about three years ago, I think two, three years ago on the campus. President Clinton, of course, in the infamous uh, time he got stuck at the airport. So there have been some others. I remember Gerald Ford coming here years ago. And I believe Ronald Reagan as well. Let's take a quick break, Adam. Come back. We've got news headlines straight ahead. Penny for your thoughts, DWS. Texter Castle Heating and Cooling text line says, Back in the 60s, Urbana High School football coaches Warren Smith, he would let you call him Smitty. John Grammer would let you call him John. Herb uh, would let you call him Herb. And Dave Cass-Stevens would let you call him Cass. Dave Cass-Stevens. So talking about calling teachers by their first name. Said, ah, that was common back then in the 60s. Let's get to Ursula here right ahead of the news. Hi, Ursula. Hi. Uh, how do we get term limits uh, on the ballot? I mean, uh, you know, we do definitely need uh, term limits. And I think there have been attempts before to get it on the ballots for people to vote on, and then it was kept off or decided not to, you know, be attempted. And our politics are never going to settle down. I mean, it's just so horrible that, uh, you know, people... It's a real chore to have to vote because you don't know what's true or what's not anymore. And so I'm wondering who's keeping the question of, uh, you know, people if they people want uh, term limits mm -hmm. off the ballot. Well, usually there has to, you know, there's a process, and I don't know exactly what process that is, how they, how a, you know, something winds up on the ballot, but it's been tried before. And yeah, um, been tried, you know, the the drawing of districts, the so-called gerrymandering issue. They've tried that too. That's in fact, I know Michael. That went all the way to the, yeah, know, that the drawing of districts, voting uh, re representative districts. I guess went all the way to the top, of the Illinois Supreme Court. That right? one, that one was attempted a couple different times, and they had lots and lots of signatures, and and it it just it didn't work out to where it made it on the ballot. Uh, I believe that it has to, as far as a term limit question, it's the the General Assembly has to put it on the ballot. 
and that Mike Madigan controls obviously the Illinois House, and so that has to go through him. And Republican lawmakers will tell you that you know he's not going to let that happen. Um, so it, it just you know it depends, uh, but I would say that's the route it has to go. And as far as the district drawing, that's the whole that's the effort they just continue to try over mm-hmm. and over again. And those were two things Bruce Rauner pushed pretty heavily that when he first ran. Yeah, it's just the whole thing is just very frustrating. Like we have no control, and they're working for us, but we don't have control over it. So that's all I have to. All say. right, thank you, Ursula. Thank and you. and some people would contend in Illinois. The way it, with the power of uh, Mr. Madigan, yeah. Speaker Madigan, that uh, we probably have less power than some, maybe some other states. I know you can't comment on that. No, I cannot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? I think some people would say that. So, anyway, uh, we've got uh, more coming up. Penny, for your thoughts. So we'll take more open line time. We're going to talk about the uh, Champaign Urbana Heart Walk with uh, Sam and Becky Preston. And uh, Sam is someone I played junior high basketball with. <laughs> we'll tell you about that. Coming up, 10-10 today, Kent Redfield over at UI Springfield. Tell us about how the award came about for um, President Obama. Let's get to Michael. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. All right, overcast. Good chance of rain throughout the next few days. Penny, for your thoughts, we've had some open line time here. We'll continue that here for another minute or so, a couple minutes, and then we've got uh, Sam and Becky Preston coming in for uh, a few minutes, back to the open lines, and then we will uh, have Kent Redfield on from the University of Illinois Springfield on this award for former President Obama. Steve and Pam Starwell, the husband and wife team at Keller Williams. They, uh, well, they're a husband and wife team. A lot of teams are big, and that's great. They've assembled an outstanding team to work with them. But as far as uh, buying and selling your home, Steve and Pam will work with you directly, and they can help uh, in so many different ways. And uh, so many people know about them now through uh, this advertising here and uh, word of mouth and everything else. But big thing is uh, they can help you uh, meet your specific need and location if you're moving out of state, if you're moving within the area. They can help with that. If you're looking to sell, give them a call. They can meet with you with no obligation on your end to discuss your time frame and urgency to sell. Maybe you just want to find out, you know, how long might this take, or you just want to talk about it. They can help you out with that. Uh, Pam also recently completed training and earned a certificate that makes her a senior real estate specialist, assisting those who maybe are at a time of their lives when they want to downsize. It's the husband and wife team. They can uh, walk you every step of the way. Their number is 217-239-7156. But if you can't remember that, you can Google Starwalt. It's a pretty common name around here. And you can Google Pam or you can Google Steve. And uh, they can handle your phone calls, and your phone call is not going to disappear somewhere and never show up again. It rolls over to Pam's cell phone. So she'll get right back to you. They do a great job. They grew up here locally. They know the area extremely well. They can help you in a variety of ways and get you uh, get you on your way, whether you're buying or selling. So I recommend them. Stephen, Pam Starwald, Keller Williams, the husband and wife team. They're local. They help you every step of the way. All right, 941. Let's go to Zoe. Good morning, Zoe. Oh, good morning, Brian. Um, I'm calling about the op-ed. Yeah. And of course, I don't know who it is, but um, I th- I do tend to think they just 
they did this, of course, because they want to sow doubt in people's minds about the president. And it's, of course, it's right. It's a little while before the election. <laughs> you know, no, <laughs> you you couldn't. I mean, that's that's uh, just a coincidence, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. uh, haha. Um, but uh, I can't help kind of wondering, and I would be looking at some people that um, that were in previous uh, administrations that are serving, for example, Elaine Chow. And I can't, I'm not pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I can't help. <laughs> you know, she's married to Mitch McConnell. She served in the Bush administration, um, and uh, just just kind of uh, kind of speculating and wondering. And I probably shouldn't even do that. Well, and it's it's, yeah, it's hard to tell. It's they just say senior administration official. Like you say, they don't say whether it's a man or a woman. No. Um, it is it is interesting. Uh, dovetails uh, right now the timing of it with uh, Bob Woodward's book. So that uh, mm-hmm. the timing there is is interesting in that regard. I have uh, I have no idea what goes on inside a White House, obviously, no. but I could tell you could probably read. There probably is some truth to Trump's management style. I think he's. He probably does go from day to day, you know, changing his mind on something or whatever. But if you run a business, as he has all these years, I mean, you kind of move and wheel and deal and do different things. And I think in political circles, politicians don't do that. They don't operate that way. No, but he likes to keep people off balance. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's a bad thing. And he, he, uh, the the, the book, The Art of War, that Mm -hmm. book by the Chinese... uh, he believes in that, you know, what that book says to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that a lot of what he, what seems like, I, I'm not saying everything, but some of what seems like just kind of loose cannon stuff really isn't. I think it's, he's trying to keep people guessing a little bit. And he says things, and then he throws them out, gets a reaction, and then, but it, but he all the time. I think I think a lot of times he he's already decided what he's going to do, and so um, I'm not saying that there that that there aren't issues. I mean, and for example, his some of his use of language is a little floppy mm-hmm. to say the least. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I think he, I, I think he hurts himself sometimes. You yeah. know, but but I can live with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think um, you know to me it's a small it's a, it's a relatively small thing. But but anyway, I just was I was just speculating, and I can't help looking. I was just reading in, about her uh, her background, and mm. there's some interesting connections. And I, I don't know anything, and I'm not saying. And like I say, she may she may be serving in a totally appropriate way. I don't know. Mm. But uh, but I was just looking, and I've wondered about her for a while. So all right, well, thank you, Zoe. Appreciate it. Before we get Becky and Sam in here, let's go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brian. Brian, the deep state's been out to get Trump ever since before he was elected, along with the Republican insiders and the mainstream press and 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 uh, Hollywood. And now they're coming up saying that uh, they wanted to use the 25th Amendment to get rid of him, saying he was mentally unfit and unstable and not mentally fit to be president. I mean, <laughs> please. <laughs> You know, he, he's a threat to their socialist agenda, and uh, he wants to replace activist judges, and uh, he wants to weed out 
you know, career politicians or party establishment. So they're they're doing everything in their power to uh, to destroy him before he destroys them. So, have any idea who it might be? Who the op, the anonymous op-ed? I think op-ed? it might be. I think it might be Dan Coates myself. Oh, well, that's there's a name I hadn't thought of. Yeah, <laughs> we've had Elaine you know, Chow he, and Dan Coates. So, wow. Well, Dan Coates is uh, he's uh, he's been in there a long time, and uh, uh-huh. you know. He's good buds with John McCain. So, you know, you look at the other players, I mean, uh, a lot of them seem to be pretty well staunch uh, uh, Trump loyalists, you know. But he's kind of the squishy one. All right. Well, thank you, Brian. And, he, good to... and he's old, too. <laughs> I think he's 76 Dan, or something. Dan Coates? Yep. Yeah, well, he was, wasn't he from Indiana? Pretty reliable conservative vote. For yes, years? He, yeah. yes, he has been, yeah. you know, but, you know, there's, I thought John Kasich was a solid uh, conservative, you know, all these years, and so, or even uh, Jeff Sessions. Hmm. Heck, you can't even trust him anymore. <laughs> well, the president, know, president, yeah, the president seems to uh, rattle that issue every once in a while, too, so. Yeah, I've been surprised before. I mean, some of these people, they walk the walk and talk the talk, and then when push comes to shove, they, uh, they show their true colors. Hey, Brian, I got to move, but thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. All right, 356 73 degrees here in downtown Champaign. I found uh, Sam and Becky Preston Hi. in the studio. How are you? Good. Good, Brian. How are you doing? Good. Good to see you. Now, Sam and I go back a ways. Yes, we okay? do. Now, it's, you can testify to this. You and I played, quote, junior high basketball. If you call correct? it that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, we were the guys that... The coach let in in the last minute to run around for about a minute. Yep, that was, right? that was our turn, yes. Yep. Yep. And I remember you throwing a pass one time to hit the rafters yeah, I, at Unity High School where we played the game. That so. was my shiny moment, yes. <laughs> Unity High School, yes. <laughs> so needless to say, neither one of us played basketball much beyond that. Oh. Did you play in high school at all? No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, one practice. One practice? <laughs> that's, that's and you got enough. cut? <laughs> no, I cut myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, uh, you and uh, Becky – are the co-chairs of the uh, Champaign-Urbana Heart Walk American Association. Yes. And it's coming up. It is. Yeah. September 16th. And where is it going to be? It's going to be held at Porter Park in Champaign. And for people that don't know, where is that? Porter Park, it is, um, Sam, help me with what? Like Rising Road and Windsor, I believe. Mm-hmm. West, west, west of, of town. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful park. Nice walk, pa- walking path and playground and mm-hmm. water. It's, it's very nice. Well, tell us about your involvement in this. And I know Sam's got a story of yes. American Heart Association because you just had major heart surgery here. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us that story real quick. Well, about it was about uh, 14 months ago. Um, I had uh, five bypasses done, open heart surgery. Um, I consider myself a healthy guy, you know, never missed a day of school, 10 years of school, and never missed a day of work, never been in a hospital. Uh, one day I had to check my blood pressure. It was a little bit high. And, and this uh, was just at a Walgreens or a, a store a or something. Just sitting down, mm-hmm. we're just in there. And I thought I'll just sit down here and do my blood pressure here. I had it done before for um, uh, regular checkups, but I, th- mm. I did that. It was like one ninety over ninety, and my nephew was standing behind me and um, went over and told Becky that uh, my blood pressure was crazy high and I need to get to the hospital or to the least to the doctor. So I did make an appointment that next Monday to go to the doctor and. Um, uh, 
they said it was a little bit high. Did an EKG, said there was something irregular there, nothing major with my heart, but they, they seen something there. Uh, so next thing I know, I'm at the Christie Clinic uh, doing a stress test. Got on there, didn't pass the stress test. So uh, Dr. Roger Guru sent me over to Dr. Tapai at uh, Presence at the time. It's OSF now. Uh, tried to put a stent in and uh, 90% blocked in my main artery, 80% blocked in my secondary artery, so they couldn't put a stent in. Uh, the nurse leans over me and says, honey, you're gonna have uh, bypass surgery. And I said some things, I was kind of surprised, and uh, next thing I know, the next morning I had five bypasses done. So it was uh, quite quite a whirlwind yeah. couple of days. Wow, there. it just shows you that, I mean, you went from just doing a, let's just check it, to, mm -hmm. oh, maybe a stent. Yeah. Or a stress test, maybe a stent, and then suddenly you're. Uh, yeah, I've done uh, five bypasses, so yeah. Yeah, so but I, was, yeah. I, but was, I did it on a Friday, and I was uh, I mm. was home that Monday, but it was off of work for about a month. So this is uh, obviously personal yes. for you and for Becky, mm -hmm. uh, which is why you're the uh, co-chairs of, of this uh, event, and uh, certainly right now we're a couple weeks out here or less. Uh, you're looking for. Yes. Walkers, you're looking for teams. Kind of tell us what how people can help or what how they get involved, I guess. Yes. We would love um, to see the community turn out and help support this um, because our message is you don't have to have the typical what you see on TV, Hollywood, grab your chest heart attack. I mean, that does happen, but there's many people, men, women walking around just like Sam that have this coronary artery disease going on behind the scenes. And, mm. you know, you just a, a simple blood pressure check. Um, can save your life. So we want to get out and celebrate um, Sam and life and other survivors. Other survivors um, from the community are there. You get a red cap. If you're a heart attack survivor, you get a white cap if you're a stroke survivor. So it's a pretty powerful moment to see all of those survivors lined up at the walk. Um, but you can get involved by coming out to the walk September 16th out at Porter Park. It's mm -hmm. registration starts at three. Uh, we have a uh, BC Bank is doing a fun kids zone. So bring the family. There's a fun kids zone. There's going to be face painting. There's the playground. There's going to be a DJ. So lots of fun. And we'll kick off. It's just a, you know, honorary walk um, starting at four o'clock. Uh, the website is champagneheartwalk.org. You mm -hmm. can either join a team you can be a team captain and start a team, or if you just want to make a donation, you can just click on the button to donate to a team. And uh, we have a goal of 45000 and we just surpassed 30000 this morning. Mm. So uh, we're close. So we're really doing a hard push these next 10 days. We'd love to get the $45,000 for the American Heart Association. And those dollars do stay here in this community. There's a lot of research going on um, with the Heart Association at the University of Illinois. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, and you mentioned Heart Association and Stroke, which is another... Absolutely. Biggie, sometimes in all this, stroke gets overlooked a little bit. Right. But. Stroke is huge, um, men and women. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and high blood pressure, you know, leads to uh, stroke as well. So, mm -hmm. for people that, if, if you put it in reference, for me, everything relates to football. It's the day after the game in Chicago, mm -hmm. Sunday, September 16th. My wife, Leanne, and I are walking, and yes. we've got people. And walking with us and, and you'll supporting MC us. the event for us yeah, so we'll we appreciate that any way we can and so it'll be sunday september 16th check in at three but you can show up that day yeah absolutely right you can check in now. and at that day at three o'clock mm -hmm. and very family friendly we're also we're dog lovers so it's very dog friendly so bring your mm -hmm. dog you know everybody's mm -hmm. welcome we'd love to see a big turnout from the community and the walk is at four 
Yes. And the walk is what, two miles? Uh, I think it's a one-mile one path, mile? but you okay. can you can make two laps if you okay. want to. Some do. Some just keep going. So Okay. Uh, Hopefully yeah. the weather will be good and uh, yeah, you know, for all of that. Get so. this rain out of here and have a beautiful yeah, day yeah, on good. Sunday the 16th. And so that will be coming up on 16th at Porter Park out there west of Champaign. And so make sure you uh, click on the website or uh, get mm-hmm. a team, do all of that. Yep. And anything else we need to know about it? I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a great call. American Heart Association does great work. But... Uh, Yes, they do. Yep. Very thankful for them. Yeah. Yep. Well, all right. Well, uh, what's the website again? It's champagneheartwalk.org. Okay. Champagneheartwalk.org. And you'll hear the commercials, by the way, occasionally, the PSAs mm-hmm. we've got running. So you yes. can. Yeah, thank you, Brian, for those. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Sam thank you, and Brian. Becky Preston. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Go out and shoot some hoops or something. That's right. You know, we can, That's right. We can relive glory <laughs> That's days. Right. You know, the <laughs> glory you. minutes we had at the end of junior high games. That's right. Yes. Very memorable. All right, 954. Back in a moment on Penny. All right, busy first hour here. Glad to uh, visit with Sam and Becky Preston. Yes, yeah, Sam and I were on the junior high team down at uh, Unity Junior High. The thing I remember about our coach telling us at the time they had a they had eighth grade you had you were the a team seventh grade was the b team and then there was the c squad and the c squad was everybody else that didn't quit and i was on the c squad and eventually everybody quit on the c squad except for like sam and i and so they had to put us on the a team even though we only got in like the last minute of games <laughs> and i remember going i remember this vividly i got to uh, go down and dress for a game in Tuscola. And, I, you know, I didn't realize that the B game, the seventh grade, was the first game. So I go down to the locker room in Tuscola, and I start getting dressed. And then I look around, and it's all the seventh graders. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then I had to sheepishly undress, get redressed, go sit in the stands, and then come to the locker room like after the third quarter of the seventh grade game. I'll never forget that. All right, 356, more than you wanted, probably wanted to know. 356 9397. Texter on the uh, Castle Heating and Cooling text line says, I think it's a New York Times reporter making it up. That's what they do. Talking about the uh, anonymous op ed. I was just taking names, uh, who you thought it might be. Somebody said Elaine Chow, who is related, is the wife, not related, she's the wife of uh, Mitch McConnell. Somebody else mentioned Dan Coates. Texter here says the op-ed was written by no official. It was authored by the New York Times trying to make Trump mad. He's called their bluff and will now put the squeeze on them to make them admit it. And another texter on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line says it'll surprise a lot of people when they find out Kellyanne Conway is the source. Well, there you go. How about that guess? (laughs) It's anonymous. We don't know. I'd, I'd recommend you read it. It is interesting how during the course of the uh, op-ed, the writer praises the president for some of the things he's done from a policy standpoint. But it seems to me the op-ed has a lot more to do with the methodology and um, management style, I guess, or uh, changing of his mind or whims or whatever is what a lot of the op-ed is about. But I encourage you to read it. It's in the New York Times. You can uh, Google it. It's pretty easy to find. If you just take a look. All right. And former President Obama speaking at the U of I. We knew that. He will not be paid for the speech. 
He will get a medal in a private ceremony afterward for the Paul H. Douglas Award for Ethics in Government. These are some of the factoids our newsroom has put together. The Springfield and Chicago campuses are arranging transportation for students who got a ticket via random draw. There'll be viewing parties on the Chicago campus to add to the previously announced Huff Hall on the Urbana campus. And, of course, don't forget, you can hear the speech right here, 11 o'clock tomorrow, here on News Talk 1400 DWS and streaming at WDWS.com. President Obama's speech at Follinger Auditorium tomorrow. They're getting ready on campus for that. All right, that'll do it for the first hour, busy first hour. A lot of conversation. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate uh, a couple of uh, folks, Terry Lipscomb, Larry Fredrickson, Sam and Becky Preston for stopping by. In the middle of all of that, thank you for your phone calls and emails. Ken Redfield, UI Springfield, joins us in hour number two at a little after 10 o'clock. The news is next. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 10 o'clock Central at the Tone. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397, email talk at WDWS.com, or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And we're back. Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS here in downtown Champaign. I think the sun popped out there for a moment during the news, but a lot of rain over the next few days. Good to have you with us, wherever you might be listening, in our listening area, whether we're streaming, if you're listening close by, or around the country and around the world, we do that at WDWS.com. A couple of things of note here before we get to our next segment, and we're going to talk uh, here coming up in a few minutes with Dr. Kent Redfield, a professor of political studies over at the University of Illinois Springfield. He's also been a research fellow for the Institute for Legal, Legislative, and Policy Studies. And uh, also the Institute is part of the Center for State Policy and Leadership at UIS. It also has an appointment in the University of Illinois Institute of Government and Public Affairs. We'll talk to him about uh, former President Obama's visit to Urbana coming up tomorrow. A couple of notes, though, come of leftover items from the first hour. We're talking about the anonymous New York Times op-ed piece, uh, guessing who it might be. We had two or three guesses already. Somebody said Omarosa. Or it could be uh, Rents Priebus, who was the chief of staff at one time. So those are a couple of guesses. Also want to remind you, today's your final call to enter to win 10 pairs of, uh, win one of 10 pairs of Doobie Brother tickets before they go on sale tomorrow at the State Farm Center. Two ways to enter. Either send us a text with the word Doobies along with your name to our Castle Heating and Cooling text line. You can do that, 3515357. Or email us at doobiebrothers.com at WDWS.com with your name and daytime phone number. So just a reminder about that. All right, Dr. Kent Redfield is with us on the line. You want to enter that contest, Kent? You can do that if you want. <laughs> There's lots of things I need. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Well, I uh, I read through your uh, your background. You've been at well, U of I Springfield for quite a while, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I came to Illinois in 75 to work for uh, the legislature, but I, I moved over to what was in Sangamon State in, in uh, 1979 and, and ran a, uh, a legislative intern program for the, the General Assembly uh, for about uh, 20 years. That uh, 
actually originated in uh, with uh, the Institute uh, for Government and Public Affairs over in, uh, uh, it was both mostly at Champaign at that point, and uh, a guy named uh, Sam Gove was, was, you know, instituted that program. Uh, famous alumni include uh, former Governor Ed, uh, Edgar, among, among other people. So I've been involved with the legislature uh, through that program, and then I've worked on a lot of campaign finance and ethics reform issues over the mm-hmm. over the years at the same time. Yeah. Also, you were, I guess, worked as a director of the Sunshine Project, too, at one point, right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were affiliated with the Institute for Government and Public Affairs and trying to get more transparency uh, in uh, campaign finance reporting and, and ethics reform issues. All right, uh, Kent, Dr. Kent Redfield is with us. Uh, I guess the, the big topic, obviously, is the former president coming uh, to Urbana tomorrow. Are you going to be there for that tomorrow? I, actually, I am. I, I am not. I, I was on. The, I am on the committee, but uh, uh, this was, uh, you know, pretty short notice, and I'm, I'm actually not going to be in town uh, uh, tomorrow. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to miss it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, certainly. Uh, uh, we're pleased that uh, the president uh, uh, accepted the uh, accepted the award, and uh, you know it it should be uh, both in terms of the public event and the ceremony. It should mm-hmm. be a very nice, uh, very nice day. Now, from what I understand, he's uh, going to be speaking at Folger Auditorium, and then what he's getting the award afterwards, right, in a private ceremony. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, and that's that's uh, that's that's what's going to happen, and and so it it is. You know, he's being honored for, you know, both his service and time in office as president, but also in the in the U.S. Senate and 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 in the uh, in the Senate in Illinois. I, I actually, you know, where I got to know him a little bit was uh, uh, when he was uh, on a, uh, a a group of legislators that uh, worked on and eventually. Uh, Put forth uh, the ethics uh, changes that were made in uh, 1998. Uh, uh, gift band, uh, you know, there are a whole series of things, uh, and uh, he was representing the the uh, uh, Senate uh, Democrats on that com- mm-hmm. that group. Uh, you know, Paul Simon had initiated part of it, and and. Uh, and I was essentially, a, uh, you know, providing some staff work, and mm-hmm. so uh, he certainly, you know, has a, a long history of of uh, trying to promote ethics and civility and and uh, in government, and also, you know, civic engagement. And uh, uh, so this is, a, you know, it's a it's a nice coming together of uh, the former president's interest in terms of his post. Uh, uh, election uh, i mean his post uh, presidency uh, you know what he what he wants to be doing and uh, the types of things that uh, you know the Douglas award tries to uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know recognize in, in terms of uh, choosing people mm-hmm. so uh, it's uh, yeah well obviously the president has a lot of demands on his time and lots of people uh, you know want to recognize him and stuff and so the fact that he's you know, accepted the award and then, you know, focusing it around an event, uh, engaging students is is just a, a nice, 
you know synergy between uh, uh, what the what the award is about and and what the the, per, the president would like to be doing as as a in his life as as former president. Dr. Ken Redfield is with us over at the University of Illinois Springfield again. President Obama, the former president, speaking at Follinger Auditorium tomorrow. You can hear that live here on DWS. You were part of a committee. Was that a big committee involved in that? No. Oh, I, oh, the the yeah. actual Douglas committee is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the awards committee involves faculty and and members of the Douglas family and uh, uh, you know different. There's uh, community members, uh, and so it's it's a fairly large group of people that meets and considers uh, uh, you know people for uh, uh, for the award and then you know votes and and uh, so we've. Uh, you know, uh, there's a, a long list of, of people that uh, have have been honored. Uh, uh, you know, one of them, you know, kind of the the person that I got involved with the most uh, was you know was former Senator uh, Paul Simon, and uh, uh, so it's uh, you know it it is an annual award, and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it involves you know nominations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how far back have they been giving out the award? Oh, it's 1994. Um, you know, and, and this is, you know, the Douglas family, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, took the initiative in terms of, uh, with setting it up through the Institute for Government, Government and Public Affairs. And, uh, you know, uh, I did, I did not know other than reputation. I didn't know Paul Douglas at, at all, but, uh, uh, like because of my, uh, you know the opportunities I had to work with with Paul Simon. I know how highly he regarded uh, mm-hmm. Senator Douglas and Senator Douglas's colleagues did. Mm-hmm. Remind our listeners, for those of us a little younger, about Paul Douglas. Well, he was a, a senator from Illinois. Uh, I think eventually he lost to. Uh, oh my goodness! I'm getting. I'm, I'm getting. <laughs> Getting old here. Uh, That's okay. Yeah, I'll, it'll come back to me. Yeah. But so he had a long, distinguished career in the Senate and involved, you know, both ethics within the Senate and then issues like civil rights, uh, 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 you know, promoting uh, government service, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, was was widely recognized by his, his his colleagues within the Senate as being a, a leader and. In mm-hmm. ethics, and uh, and is part of a long tradition of, uh, you know, obviously Illinois has had some bad actors in terms of its its governors and senators, but we have also had a, a list of some really outstanding people that have uh, have served in, in in Congress from uh, from Illinois, and and so uh, uh, that's you know it mm-hmm. it it's certainly uh, been you know a, an award that. That tries to go out and, and promote, you know, public service and ethics, and uh, and as I say, that's a symmetry with, uh, uh, you know, that that resonates with uh, mm-hmm. what President Obama is is said is you know the things he'd like to promote as a as a as a former president. I guess um, is this an award as you present it annually, as you said? Uh, is it something that maybe would be done privately, normally, and in this case? They combined it with a speech. I mean, no, you, I know you weren't involved in every detail of planning, but how does it, how does it typically it, work? It, it varies in terms mm-hmm. of of you know 
depending on who the who the who the person accepting the award is, you know, will it usually involves a, a some kind of public ceremony and some kind of of uh, uh, you know remarks in 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 terms of the person accepting uh, accepting the award, and sometimes it's it's in a in a larger setting, and uh, uh, and that's. You know that's what you know happening in this in this case mm-hmm. is 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 having a there's normally an event. This is a much more public event and into a much broader broader audience. Uh, but obviously, the former president you know commands that kind of uh, mm-hmm. you know can command that kind of uh, a forum, mm-hmm. and and so it's it's certainly you know from the University of Illinois. Perspective, you know, his his accepting the award adds, uh, you know, recognition and prestige to to the to the award and and to the university, mm-hmm. and, and and certainly those these are things that uh, both the university in general and then the Institute for Government and Public Affairs, in terms of their mission, these are things that uh, you know we we try to promote. Uh, mostly, the focus is on is on public policy, but. Uh, in terms of the Institute for Government and Public Affairs. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, the late Senator Paul Simon. Uh, anybody else on that list that's been honored that uh, our listeners would recognize readily? Oh, oh, certainly. I mean, the the two former, most recent heads of the uh, 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 Federal Reserve, Ben Bernanke and Janet, Janet Yellen, John Lewis, the congressman from uh, 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 Georgia, I think. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we're a little short. Uh, John Paul Stevens, the yep. former mm. uh, uh, head of the uh, former Chief Justice uh, of the Supreme Court, and and and, and a number of senators, uh, uh, George Mitchell, uh, Olympia Snow, you know, people uh, associated with with Congress, uh, mm. Sandra Day O'Connor. I mean, it is it is a a, a very distinguished list of of, mm. of people that. Uh, uh, and and we we try to you know it is it's about ethics and public service and so uh, uh, a lot of these are elected officials but some of them are or or serve in executive uh, positions. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in two thousand, we recognized uh, uh, the award uh, recognized uh, Senator Feingold and Senator John McCain who who uh, who just uh, you know died recently with an award recognizing their work in campaign finance reform and, and that was something that uh, you know Senator McCain worked across the aisle and uh, uh, it was Senator Feingold and, and passed a, a pretty historic uh, uh, campaign finance reform act in in, in uh, uh, you know uh, in in 2002 so mm-hmm. that was you know that's you know, that's representative of the people that uh, that have uh, have have who have gotten the award over over the years. We're with uh, Dr. Kent Redfield here for a couple more minutes over at uh, UI Springfield. He was on the committee, uh, of course, the uh, Institute of Government and Public Affairs involved in this. Was this a long process? Did it take a long? I mean, how long do you usually work on this? <laughs> well, it, no. I mean, we submit nominations and. Get together and discuss them and and vote in terms of and, and then you have to you know reach out and uh, 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 you know in terms of uh, you know whether people 
or will accept the award, uh, first of all, and then secondly, the, all of the logistics of where the uh, award ceremony might take place under what circumstances. And as you can well imagine, with uh, uh, with President Obama just leaving office, then, uh, you know, his uh, getting on his, uh, you know, on his agenda and uh, uh, and then working out uh, uh, the logistics, uh, uh, you know, this can take, uh, you know, quite a while. And, mm-hmm. and certainly, uh, you know, that, that, that Senator Durbin was, was certainly uh, uh, very uh, instrumental in, in making contacts and, 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 and uh, you know, trying to uh, uh, work things through so that uh, it would, you know, we could find a, a setting and circumstances that would fit within, you know, the president's schedule and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of people work very hard on this. Because uh, uh, I know they was relatively minor. Because I know, Kent, they had talked to him at least initiated conversation about having him speak at commencement sometime. It just didn't work out. Yes. Uh, before, yeah. so uh, I know they've Dr. Colleen and others at the university have been working on it. Uh, let me ask you, just from a personal standpoint, you study politics and everything. Uh, when you first met Mr. Obama, uh, did you think he'd be president one day? I mean, that's... Uh, that's, that's, you know, this was, a, you know, he was a freshman senator. This was a group of four senators and four representatives and a member, of, you know, representative of the governor's office. And uh, he was obviously a very bright, very uh, engaging person. Uh, I was always from the get-go struck by, uh, you know, the the fact that he had a, you know, a good sense of self and, and was a, could be a little self-deprecating and, and, uh, you know, lots of politicians take themselves way too seriously. And, uh, uh, so he was, uh, uh, it was, I, I, you know, I obviously was very impressed, but, uh, uh, you never know in terms of uh, you know how how the stars are going to uh, are going to align. I mean, I got, obviously, I knew that he was he had great personal capacity and that he was a very intelligent uh, mm-hmm. uh, person. And then, you know, we uh, even after he left the, the Senate here and, and was in the process. I mean, the legislature in Illinois. You know, he was very instrumental in, in getting. Some ethics legislation out of the state senate that we were working on, uh, uh, particularly a gift ban uh, that was kind of aimed at uh, uh, eliminating potential corruption uh, in, in contracts, which mm-hmm. uh, you know, in reference to uh, uh, you know the Governor McGoyvich's time in office. So uh, uh, you know, this is uh, you know the, the, the thread of, of, uh, of uh, ethics and, and public service. Certainly runs all the way through his career. But yeah. No, I. It's to, to <laughs> say that 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 I thought someday he would be uh, elected twice to the presidency was uh, certainly beyond any, anything I could imagine. Yeah, I talked to I talked to Rick Winkle about that a few years ago because he worked with him on some things. Sure, and, uh, you know, had the same feelings you just talked about. You know, it worked on him, thought he was a bright guy, and um, you know, did not expect him to be president necessarily one day. But uh, but there he is. Let me ask you too before I let you go. Uh, just sure. the, the the polarization of politics these days, and there'll be people that are, I mean, they had a lot of students that wanted to be in this lottery, 22,000 to get 900 and some, and uh, obviously people that supported the president, they remember him fondly, the people that 
you know, we did not support him, don't remember him so fondly, uh, and we're experiencing that now with the current president. Uh, just it's very, uh, very polarized. I mean, uh, I don't know what you make of it as a political science, you know, uh, expert, oh, uh, but yeah, it is. No, the, the polarization is, you know, it 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 is very disruptive in terms of actually accomplishing things, uh, but it also, you know, it just spreads out into the general you know, political culture. And the more that politics looks like a food fight, the more that politics politics looks like everybody's in for input for themselves and that uh, that they really don't care about, uh, you know, people and, and, and what the people want, then people get turned off. They're less willing to vote. They're less willing to be engaged. And and so it's it's really corrosive to... Uh, you know, to the to really the the political system and and the strength of democratic institutions. If we're always questioning everybody's motives and we're always questioning the institutions, and you know, if if everybody believes that it's corrupt and rigged, then it really doesn't. You know, the reality at some point doesn't matter. People, you know, just people just refuse to engage. So. Uh, you know, this, these are some, you know, counteracting that are some themes that I, I think the, uh, President Obama has has talked about as he left office, and I expect we'll hear those uh, themes uh, themes tomorrow. And it, it's something that, regardless of where you stand on on the side of a particular issue, uh, you know, we have to to, to let the democratic institutions function, and, and people have to be engaged and. Uh, Times like this make it, uh, you know, a much harder sell. I, part of what I do is try to get people engaged and active, and active in, in, in politics, and uh, uh, my job has not gotten any easier. I'll have to say that. Dr. Ken Redfield, thank you for the time today, and it'll be a big oh, day tomorrow on campus. So we appreciate it. Yes. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. We'll talk to you again sometime. Mm-hmm. Yep. Super. Yep. Dr. Ken Redfield, uh, University of Illinois Springfield. Let's take a quick break. Back with the news with Michael. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Welcome back, Penny for Your Thoughts, DWS, as we uh, close in here. 20 minutes left, open line time here the rest of the show. Hope you're getting ready for all the fall colors and harvest season. It are my favorite time of the year. I always says September is one of my favorite months for football and harvest and all of that. You know you're in a steakhouse when you get to the beef house in Covington, Indiana. Even before you come through the front door, you can smell the steaks cooking as you uh, pull off there of, what is it, Indiana 63. You get off 74, 63, go over the overpass, and there you start to smell it. It's a terrific smell. Of course, you walk in. You notice the cuts of meat in the uh, display case there. Turn left. They'll get you seated. And they've got a large menu to choose from. Of course, steaks are available, but you can order everything from chicken to pork to pasta to seafood as well. You may want a salad with your meal. That may be the route uh, you, that you uh, go. Of course, the uh, famous beef house rolls will be brought to your table shortly after you're seated. You can top them off with butter, apple butter, strawberry jam. Again, your choice. No matter which menu item you choose, Please know that great care has gone into preparing your meal and making your visit to the Beef House a memorable experience for you and your guests. Getting ready. It's pretty drive over there once the trees start turning, and that'll start happening here at some point, you would think. Short drive in the country, I-74, just inside the Indiana 
state line. Somebody texted in earlier, before I read this commercial, <laughs> they said the timing was perfect. Commercial about stakes right after talking about heart, heart issues, Tom says. That was texted in earlier before the, uh, right after the news. We were taking names of people you thought might be the anonymous op-ed writer that says they're a senior administration Trump official. And so we've had several guesses. I think Elaine Chow, we've had, see, who else was uh, listed? Dan Coates, former Indiana senator, who's now involved in national security there. Somebody guessed uh, Kellyanne Conway, Omarosa, Rince Priebus. Somebody guessed Ivanka Trump and or her husband, Jared Kushner. And uh, somebody uh, writing in, texting in about the president, the former president's speech tomorrow. It says, lying about health care and immigration, refusing to even vote on a bill barring the killing of, ba- uh, killing of babies, surviving an abortion, late-term uh, abortion, spying on opposition presidential candidate, Obama getting an ethics award as a joke. He will use his time tomorrow to rip Trump. Well, you can uh, find out. What he'll say tomorrow, we'll carry it for you live on the radio here. We'll start our coverage at 10.50. We'll have a line eye Friday in the second hour tomorrow with Kent Cassie and Barry. We've got another special guest, Ron Filler, will join us during the course of the morning. Uh, he is the one, he and his wife Paula, who a uh, big uh, donation for the Marching Illini Band Tower, if you see that over there on campus. And a uh, big, big Illini, graduated from the U of I, proud Illini alum. We'll visit with him a few minutes tomorrow as well. Get you ready for the uh, game this weekend. All right, back to the phones here to uh, John. Hey, John, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. Has anybody seen Trump's birth certificate? Has anybody seen Trump's birth certificate? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think he's a Russian. I really do. A Russian? <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a new one. Hey, I think it was Marla Maples that put all that stuff out. Marla Maples is the op-ed writer. Well, yep. well she's not She's not a senior um, official, though. Oh, she's in the marriage. Well, okay. <laughs> she's getting a paycheck under the table. Okay. But uh, I, I don't understand why everybody going against Nike. I, I listened to a veteran yesterday call in, and he's against Colin Kaepernick. Well, remember, now Trump started all of this. But none of the veterans talking about this man as a president of the United States, the commander-in-chief, stood in front of the Russian president on a national stage and went down to his knees and bowed down to Putin for what he said and threw everybody in his administration just about under the bus. And they think it's a joke. Colin Kaepernick did nothing compared to Trump. But I guess that ain't that America? That is unbelievable. <laughs> well, I would say most people would say, even people that support the president, with his um, press conference with Putin, that was not his greatest moment, I would say, to say the least. Um, I think even people that support him would admit that. And, um, you know, I, I think Kaepernick, though, be, started the whole drive with his initial, I mean, Trump later commented on it. And if and what people do or don't like is that he broadened it to, veterans and the flag and the country and everything else whether right. you whether you agree that with that or not but you know Kaepernick's kind of the guy that ignited all this right so. but if you notice nobody said nothing until Trump cranked the base up it's just like if you look at all these programs that's out here right now 
when the Black Panthers was doing that, Hoover and Nixon couldn't take it, and they were like thugs and everything. And some of the same programs they put out there back then, they're still working like soup kitchens, feeding the hungry, all these things. The Black Panthers started all of that, and they never got credit for it. But they're a bunch of thugs, and I, now I guess President Obama's a thug, Kaepernick's a thug, I'm a thug, I like, angel. I guess uh, you're going to be watching tonight. I think the football season starts tonight, right? I think they're running the commercial tonight. Yep, and oh. I'll tell you what, uh, I, I stand beside Colin Kaepernick. I admit he did it on the wrong stage, the wrong platform, but it was not about the flag. It was not about the anthem. It was police brutality. Trump said it was the flag and the anthem, and everybody went with it. But nobody's talking about how embarrassed he made America look in front of Russia. Think about all the veterans that have died protecting this country. This man is a five-time draft dodger, and he can do no wrong. Modern-day Benedict Arnold. All right. Hey, John, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, texter says Obama was president when Kaepernick started kneeling. Does it really go back that far? Is it a couple of years now? Is that right? Remember when he was uh, Kaepernick was a star? I think he was playing for Harbaugh out in San Francisco. I think as he was the quarterback when the Forty ers Yeah, so it goes back a little ways. And Harbaugh has been in Michigan what three years now? Uh, let's go to another John. John, John, how are you? Yeah, well, I I I feel a lot better than I uh, was before I just listened to the previous John talk. <laughs> I I didn't know how things really were until I heard him uh play Stan on us, but I I feel that uh this uh the problem that we're having that Trump is having now with the New York Times, I would not be surprised. I I hope I'm right, but I would not be surprised. Uh, if it did not all originate uh, right with the New York Times. Uh, and as far as Obama speaking uh, on his uh, political ethics uh, in politics, I I want to know why he never practiced any of those when he was in there, because I'm not going to repeat them all, but I've heard him repeated. The, uh, I've heard him said this morning all of the things that he did uh didn't hear about him doing all the uh, the hauling away money and uh helping uh, to sell a good portion of uranium to Russia and for for him to win an award it's as for ethics and politics is about as ridiculous as him winning the Nobel Peace Prize before he ever really uh, hardly hit the presidency hey john thanks for your call i got more waiting thank you I appreciate that. We'll go from John to John to uh, Brian. Hello, Brian. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Good. Good name, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I agree with the previous John. Um, and the pro-Obama John, I thoroughly disagree with, and I've just lost respect for him now. If he's pro-Kaepernick, Kaepernick, however you want to say his name, that guy is a thug. And it's not just police brutality. It's it's about oppression in the United States and everything else. That's why he did it during National Anthem, John. I hope you're listening. And, and one other thing, too, uh, I do agree with the previous John that this story might have originated from the New York Times, but 
back to the other John, the pro-Obama John, saying that he Trump threw his administration under the bus when they had that conference of Putin. He did not throw his administration under the bus. He threw the traitors and the intelligence community under the bus. And that the media jackals there were trying to get him to pick a fight with Putin over so-called Russian collusion right there. Do these guys want a nuclear war? Do they really want a war with Russia, these Democrats? I mean, seriously, Trump did the right thing. And the thing is, even if he did say, oh, yeah, they, they hacked, then he's basically Trump is saying, oh, yeah, they did it. That's why I'm president, because they got me in. And, and that's a lie, too. The whole Trump-Russian collusion thing, everything about this is a criminal fraud and cover-up to cover up Hillary Clinton's crimes, the DNC's crimes, the intelligence agency's crimes. I'm not talking about the flat foot on the ground. I'm talking about Brennan and Clapper and Comey and Mueller, all those guys. It's covering up their crimes. And you got people out there like pro Obama, John. Oh yeah, I stand with, I stand with Kaepernick. Well, oh, oh, great, buddy, you're, you're standing with the thug. And the Black Panthers, yeah, they may have done some soup lines and fed some homeless in their community. Well, thank God for that. That's great. But they also murdered people. They also murdered people, John. That's basically all I got to say. All right. Hey, thank you, Brian. Uh, Ten fifty-one. Let's go to Eric. Good morning, Eric. Hello, Eric. Hello, Eric. You there? Okay, I guess not. Uh, let's try Gertie. Hey, Gertie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I just wanted to point out to an article that was in the Today's News Gazette on the local thing that uh, about Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, Planned Parenthood provides abortion. That's what it says in the paper. And I just wanted to point out to taxpayers that our taxpayers' money goes to abortions, whether people want to admit that or not. The liberals and the Planned Parenthood say no taxpayers' money goes to abortions, yet they get a half a billion dollars yearly from our taxes. Is that what? Uh, that that, and that's what Governor Rauner got in a little trouble for, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. You. Thank you, Gertie. And that uh, Jeannie Ives was pushing, talking about that uh, earlier this year in the primary. All right, ten fifty-two. A break. Back with more and a great moment in baseball. We'll relive here in a couple minutes. Back in a moment. All right, several things happening on this day in history, 1054 here at DWS. This is the day, and I just read a book on President McKinley. It was this day, 1901. He was shot and mortally wounded by an American anarchist at the Pan-American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. He died eight days later on this day in 1901. 1997, may remember this, Princess Diana's funeral held at London's Westminster Abbey. Her body was buried in a private service at Althorpe House, her family's ancestral home. And this day in 2004, former President Bill Clinton had quadruple heart bypass surgery in a New York City hospital. We just had Sam Preston on, Sam and Becky, earlier about the heart walk coming up, and uh, he had five bypasses. Uh, President Clinton, the former president, had four. And this day, 1995, we were watching in Baltimore at uh, Camden Yards, the ballpark at Camden Yards, as Cal Ripken passed... Lou Gehrig, 2,131 consecutive games played. Chris Berman on the mic for that, along with Buck Martinez. Count is 3-0 for Damian Easton. Sheena working with Easton taken all the way. Drops it in for a strike. Think he's feeling anything right now, Buck? Yeah, he was talking to himself. 
what began on May 30th, 1982, and continues September 6th, 1995. This game with the Angels trailing is now in the books. And let it be said that number eight, Cal Ripken Jr. has reached the unreachable star. If you remember that night, uh, as they got closer to that mark, they would reveal the banners from that big warehouse, the B&O warehouse there at Camden Yards in right field. They would drop the uh, curtains down with the number of games that he played. Once the game became official, when the Angels hitter flied out to the outfield and ended the uh, half inning, the uh, Orioles were ahead. It was an official game. became 2,131. And I, I'll have to look up what the current streak is. I don't know if it's more than two or 300 of any of the current major league players. So think about that. 2,131 games, and he played several more after that consecutively. Cal Ripken Jr. on this day, September 6, 1995. 10.57, here's Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Hey, how you doing, Brian? Good. Hey, I just want to thank uh, John for that call earlier. That was pretty inspirational to hear uh, some history about the Black Panthers and uh, uh, unfortunately how things have been spinned and turned on them, uh, you know, over the years. I think that uh, the platform that a lot of the Democratic Party use right now when it comes to some of the initiatives that they they try to um, uh, to state as their goals and as their mission um, may have been derived from some of the efforts of the Black Panthers and what they did uh, back in the days and out in California uh, where the, the the Democratic Party became very powerful, they were very active out there. So I just wanted to thank John for that call, uh, just to jog my memory on some of the, the, the things in which they did and, and also to put in retrospect how things have been changed as far as what they were about and, and who they were as people. Mm. So. All right. Thank you, Thomas. All right, thank you. Great to hear from you. 10.59, we've got the news coming up at 11, the Rush Limbaugh Show. I think Mark Stein's been sitting in this week for uh, the Rush Man, so uh, that'll be coming up. Of course, uh, later on, uh, tomorrow morning, after our show is done, we'll be actually a little early tomorrow. We'll get done at 10.50. Then we'll turn it over to our newsroom here at News Gazette Media and get you set for President Obama's former president's speech over at Grove Auditorium. We'll also have Illini Friday during the course of the show tomorrow, and we'll carry the speech live from the Urbana campus at the University of Illinois. That'll be coming up at 11 o'clock tomorrow, about this time. Be ready to hear the former president. So that'll do it for me today. Thanks to those who stopped by. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening and emailing and texting and calling. I love it. I love the input. And uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow and talk a lot of Illini stuff, too, as we get ready for the big game. Hopefully the weather cooperates. I'm Brian Barnhart. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to uh, Adam Austin for his help today on WDWS Champaign-Urbana, 11 o'clock.